Welcome to Healthcare's Missing Link once again, a podcast where we help you obtain and maintain your absolute best health for the rest of the days of your life. In this episode, you're going to be blown away by our wonderful, wonderful guest, Susie Larson. I can't wait to tell you about her and introduce you to her. Uh, just chatted with her a little bit and just a remarkable, remarkable human being. If you don't know me, I'm Dr. Mark Sherwood, and along with my wonderful queen and best friend, Dr. Michelle Neal Sherwood, we run the Functional Medical Institute in Tulsa, where we work very, very diligently on a daily basis to give everyone we deal with a pathway of true healing. And to that end, we want to eradicate all self-imposed choice-driven diseases and eliminate all unnecessary usages of medication. With that said, we will dive right in. I cannot wait to get into the conversation with Susie Larson. Welcome, Susie. Thank you so much for being here with us. Dr. Mark, so great to meet you, and I love what you're doing, and it's just an honor to join you today. Well, your bio uh, is one that I was blown away with. You, you talk about all these books and you know the speaker platforms, the places you've been, the, the, the radio thing that you do. I want to hear all about that. And you've written 16 books, but I must say the most impressive thing about your bio was indeed being madly in love with your husband for guess how many years? 30 years. 35 that's, now. 30, that's older yeah. than we are. How did you accomplish that? <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, you know, marriage is, is, is um, a stewardship and it's work at times, but that is a true statement. I've been married to my dear hubby. 35 years, and I love him more today than I ever have before. And I'm telling you, if anybody's listening tonight or today, if you're in a rough patch, you've got to hang in there because the treasures on the other side are so, so worth it. Wow. And, and to that end, I think with, uh, you know, the time of recording of this podcast, we're kind of on uh, um, hopefully the backside of this quarantine thing. And I will say that I've probably done more more impromptu, unexpected marriage, um, you know, counseling sessions right now because people are spending more time together and sort of getting reacquainted. So we need to be friends with our spouse as well as love them. Right. Indeed, and amen. That's right. <laughs> well, you know, you've written 16 books, and I want to get into the most recent one that um, that I have here, and that I was just gripped by the very first line in the introduction, the first paragraph. There was something that stuck, and I'll go into that in just a moment. But what prompted you to write all those books? I mean, that is impressive, 16. I mean, I, I thought we were doing good with three, and here we are I'm meeting someone with double digits approaching 20, and you told me you're working on another one, right? Right. You know, but I would tell you all of that came out of the ashes of pain, to be honest with mm. you, Dr. Mark. Um, if I could give you just a little context so your listeners know where I'm coming from. I was raised in a, in a large family with a, in a denomination where I knew God was real, but I really didn't understand that Jesus was accessible, if I could say it that way. And uh, when I was nine years old, I experienced some some trauma at the hands of some teenage boys that I won't get into. It was of a sexual nature. And uh, I didn't tell anybody what happened, but I literally got up from that incident with a canyon of insecurity and self-hatred, which often happens when that happens to girls. And that was when I was nine years old. When I was 10 years old, I was walking home from school and a different group of boys jumped me and they beat me. They pummeled me. They punched me in the face. They kicked me. They pulled fistfuls of hair out and they laughed wildly as they did. And I was so traumatized by that. It's just a little puny thing. 
And when they were done with me and they kind of shoved me and laughed and walked away, and my, I had scratches on my face and bruised ribs and a fat lip. And I got up from that place. And Dr. Mark, I heard it in my ear. I can get to you anytime, anywhere, and God will never stop me. And I, that, that moment as a 10-year-old, I knew God was real and I knew the devil was real. And I often say when I'm speaking that the enemy sees your potential long before you ever do. And all you got to do is look at some of the ways that you were first self-aware, insecure, afraid as a child. And you can know the threat that he has been to you is very connected to your threat to him. So if you turn that around, you can often see a little bit of your calling in that. So um, jump ahead. I became a Christian in middle school, but I still didn't know who I was. I knew I was saved, but I didn't know I was loved. And then you jump ahead a little bit more. I'm a young married, uh, and we had kids right away. Um, and during my uh, pregnancy, our third pregnancy, I was on bed rest for six months with a one and a three-year-old. And I don't have enough time to get into this story. But, you know, if you think about when you come into Christianity, when you come to Christ and you know you're saved, but you don't know you're loved, you really misuse your time, treasure, and talents to prove things that Jesus has already proven, right? You're stewarding things in a way that you're trying to make up for something that Jesus paid for. And that's just what I was. I wasn't grounded enough in the, in the word or it just didn't, I didn't have enough time walking with God to understand who I was. So to go to bed for six months and have to call in all my friend favors confronted every single insecurity I ever had. And I, I was young enough in my faith that I really felt like God lost my address. I really, or I was a have not and everybody else was a have. And uh, three months into that bed rest, the doctors said I could get up and test the waters and just hadn't contracted. And I was getting a little depressed from lying on the couch on my left side. And I met a couple of my old college roommates for a walk. We were very careful. But by nighttime, I was back on bed rest. And with two weeks of that outing, my face started to go numb and my memory started to go. And I'm still in my, I think I'm late 20s at this point. And I find out a year later, my one day up, I was bit by the deer tick and got Lyme disease. And I hear it in my ear again. I can get to you anytime, anywhere. And God will never stop me. In the middle of that, I truly... Um, I just didn't understand what God was up to. And I, there were people, you know, when you go through a long-term crisis, there are those who kind of chatter and gossip and try to go kind of like Job's friends, you know what your problem is. And I'm like, please tell me, because <laughs> I really don't know why I am in this place. But others felt bad for us. And a very godly woman from our church called, and she said, I'm hearing the chatter about you. And she said, and I needed to know for myself what are you doing, God, with this family? Why so much crisis? Because there was more to it than that, but that was the, the crux of it. And she said, I brought your case before the Lord. And she said, Susie Larson, you listen to me. She said, the Lord gave me a vision of a platform that he's building with your pain that you're going to speak from someday. And she said, so lean in and learn everything you can because you're going to have a story to tell. And Dr. Mark, that is really where vision came. I actually got sicker before I got better. Um, I had a lot of opposition. I mean, it's just spiritual opposition, physical health issues uh, that I had to sort through. But it was in that place where suddenly I decided that the scripture, the promises were true, even when they didn't feel true. And I started to shift my weight onto the promises of God and things did shift over time. That is amazing. I, I, I was struck by a couple of things you just said, and I want you to kind of go into this a little bit more. Uh, you were saved, you know, as a, as a young child, but you didn't know you were loved. Kind of talk about that a little bit, because I think there's a lot of people in the world that's hearing perhaps now that would be right where you were. You are so right. I mean, I, I as I travel around, I just find that to be very prevalent that many, many, many Christians um, feel like it's more about um, 
how high they can jump and not how low Jesus stooped to get a hold of us, you know, love came down. And uh, I remember there was a day as a young mom, my kids were probably grade school. And I remember just lamenting to God going, you know what, I can't do more with with my health the way it is. And I'm super disciplined and focused, but I can't do more than I'm doing in my spiritual life. I'm fasting, I'm memorizing scripture, I'm spending time with you, I'm journaling, but I get up from this place, Lord, and I'm still the same insecure person I was before. So I, I don't get the victory. Where is the victory that I'm reading about here? And the Lord cut through that, that kind of silence and said, you know what? I get that you love me, but you don't seem to get that I love you. So until I tell you different, every time you want to say, I love you, Lord, I want you to turn it around and say, you love me, Lord. Say it now. And I'm like, you love me, Lord. And then I'd like yell at my kids and feel terrible about it. And he'd say, say it now. Even here, you love me, Lord. And I got to tell you, I went through counseling to sort through the trauma, but nothing healed my soul, like coming into the knowledge of the love of God. I mean, scripture even says in Ephesians, to know this love is to be filled with the fullness of God. And when I, when I speak on this and I ask women to put their hands on their heart and just say, I'm not who I was, I'm not what I do, I'm someone you love and enjoy, half of them stiffen up like a Stepford wife, like, like, they're, like they can't do it. And I'm like, whatever that resistance is, you need to look at that because it isn't how high we can jump. It is that he came down. He loved us first and he keeps loving us first. And that we, if we don't get that, if we don't humble ourselves and stand in awe of the fact that it's love, you know, it's not that we loved God, it's that he loved us. If we don't get that, I don't know that we'll ever mature in our faith. That's so good because, you know, you talked about a platform of pain and I, yeah. and I found that very profound in how you worded that because we all go through pain. We all go through trauma, but how we sort of repurpose that and how we sort of put parameters on that, how we listen to God's perception of that, that dictates what he wants to do and what he's able to do through that based upon our willingness to let him sort of uh, translate that in. I'm not going to let you down and I'm not going to leave you. Would you agree with that? Oh, 100%. And I, you know, I got to tell you, I, I battled really tough in those uh, for a number of years, but then I, I started to really, really fight back and I found some ways to get healthy. So for probably 20 years, I mean, I worked in the fitness industry for 15 years, but I always had a chronic health element, a chronic health issue element. But with diet and exercise, I think you can gain more ground than you probably think, but I, I managed, right? And about four years ago, I was in my bathroom, and I will say a couple times a year, if I'm running too hard, my face will start to go numb. I'll start to have some neurological Lyme symptoms, and it's always an indicator, back up, slow down. But this time, I felt like I was paced okay, but my face started to go numb, my neck started to go numb, then my arms went numb, and the room started to spin, and, and I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, please, God, no. And all of a sudden, a, a neurological firestorm unleashed in my body, and then this, it felt like you know, hell just was unleashed against me as well. It was a spiritual chaos in my bathroom. And I'm like, God, I'm begging you not to ask me to go through this again. At this age, please don't ask me to go around this mountain again. And the Lord whispered very quietly, the storms reveal the lies we believe and the truths we need. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what, what are the lies that I believe? And I heard it just as loud in my ears when I was 10 years old. I can get to you anytime, anywhere, and God will never stop me. And God came right back and said, you've been believing that in your core your whole life, and it's not true. You don't know what I prevented in your life. You can't even understand what I provided. He said, I'm not going to let you lose, but I have to let you fight. That devil is on a short leash. And yes, he has you by the throat right now, but your foot's going to be on his neck if you keep pressing in. 
And that began a battle for me, Dr. Mark, was I know it's where you live. And again, I had this like fitness world and this chronic health issue, and then I got my passionate faith. But this married it for me where I started to understand which you've been teaching all the time, but what happens in our soul happens in our cells. And as a radio host, you know, I get to talk to brain scientists and people who interest me greatly. And I did a deep dive and I would say to my listeners, I hope this is interesting to you, but I need to know some of these things. And I really started to understand the physiology of really what happens in the soul happens in the cell. And God's desire to restore our soul has a lot to do with our physiological health. And so that, you know, this, net, this last relapse was not wasted on me. I just feel like I'm more fierce than ever in understanding that this is something we contend for and it's something Jesus paid for. It's amazing to think about what you're saying. You're talking about the the epigenetic nature of our body, how our cells from the individual cells have these protein receptors that sort of are sensors to the environment. And when we sort of succumb to the environment around us, whether it be a godly environment that we're allowed to renew our minds on a daily basis, or maybe this other environment where the it, the devil's always speaking at you because he's not going to shut up. I wish he would, but he won't. That protein is going to take that signal, go inside the cell, and that cell, all of our cells will adapt and respond to that. So this is deeper than just a physical thing. This is a spiritual battle that affects us physically, and I think you're touching on something that leads me into the next area. Uh, as you know, America's health is, is trending in a direction. What's your take on that in America's health status right now, in, in just your opinion and your observations from all of your travels and all of your work? Yeah, I appreciate the question coming from you because I'm just a lay person. You're the expert here. But I will tell you, as a, as a woman of faith and a woman who's had to contend for health, one of the things, I have a, a functional med doctor and an, an MD doc who's got some training in functional medicine, and then another doc who's both an MD and a functional med. And But two of them said to me in the worst part of this, what happened for me with this relapse, by the way, was mold toxicity. It was acting like Lyme, and it attacked my brain, and it was, it was quite a fight, and I'm sure you're aware of that yep. kind of stuff, but it triggered so much fear for me. And what they said to me was, they said, Susie, we're dealing with all the other inflammatory responses in your body, but you have to do something about the fear because every time you let fear in, it opens a cascade of inflammatory responses in your body, which is where disease and sickness grow. And when I heard that, I did. I went on this, just a hunt to figure out how, how the neural pathways work in our brain. How long does it take to delete one so I could you know, blaze a new trail? And I say all that to say, I learned all of that in depth a few years ago. And all I had to do was look around and watch. You know, the enemy, the spirit of fear comes from the pit of hell. And it's yeah. like, if he can't have your soul, he'll do whatever he can to distress your soul. And if you're not going to make yourself sick from corona, not make yourself sick, if you're not going to get sick from coronavirus, you may make yourself sick from the fear of the coronavirus. So my take on, on this piece, and I've been saying it as often as I can in this last several months, especially, is deal with what's going on in your soul. You must, because I feel like our oneness with God and what's happening in our soul is affects our immunities. And I think when we get when the bad news upstages the good news, you've lost your way and lost your perspective. And I think that's up to each and every one of us. How much of the bad news can you take before it outweighs the good news in your life? So my take as a lay person is we've got to deal again with what's going on in the soul, especially when we're surrounded by so much chaos. Well, it's going on all the time around us. At the time of this broadcast, we're still hearing this talk of pandemic and chaos and upheaval. 
all across not just the United States, but across the world. And it's interesting, and I, I want to get your take on a little different slant of what you said. You know, obviously the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and his native language is fear and lies, of course. We know that. But I've always thought, in a, and I've seen it before in this in this this very office and in our building here, and I know you've seen it too, but I want to get your take on this, that when we talk about Satan killing somebody, many times we think about him absolutely taking a Christian out and taking them off the earth. But I've often thought on the other side, isn't it better for him to keep someone alive but keeping them dead? What, exactly. What's your thoughts on that? 100% agree because, you know, when I look at Psalm 139 and how fearfully and wonderfully made we are, and even King David says, you know, my soul knows it so well. I mean, do we really know how fearfully and wonderfully made? I don't know that we do. But it says later in that chapter, all of my days were written down in your book before I lived even one. And so I really like to trust the length of my days to God. But I have to say, I agree 100%. He will steal, kill, and destroy any budding life. Because you know what I can't get enough of, and I've studied this for years, is the day of account that awaits us. For unbelievers, there's the great white throne of judgment. They, if they reject the grace of Christ, they will have to. Their debts will be called in. But I don't think Christians hear enough about the day of account. And Jesus is very serious about that. What did you do with your time, treasure, and talents? Did you live like the prompt? My promises were true. And if we are living in constant reaction to our stuff, in constant reaction to our fears, we are squandering the the moments and the times God has given us. And again, as someone who battled my whole life with fear, I understand it. But when you look at the Israelites, scholars really likened their fear to rebellion. They said their fears became rebellious because they coddled their fears more than they clung to the promises of God. And I'm not saying anything to you that I haven't had to wrestle to the ground over and over again. None of this has come easy to me, but I still know that it's absolutely true. He will go after any budding, bursting life. And I think you're so right. He would rather keep us alive so that we will live dead. So when we we're kind of almost dead on arrival when we face Jesus, but you know what? He deserves our offering. He deserves faith offerings. And there's a big difference between living in reaction to the enemy's voice in your ear all the time and running for cover and living in response to his promises, God's promises, and telling the devil where to go because we do have some authority here, right? We sure do. And I think we need to own the identity with which we have. And certainly, I think you hit on something that I'm very passionate about and my wife's very passionate about as well. You know, when we lose our identity, uh, it's almost like the devil frauds. He takes away our identity and fraud is an acronym. Fear, resentment, anger, unforgiveness, disappointment, shame. And and the devil will steal those things from you. And it's, it's fascinating. And and, and I want to draw this into your newest book, which I have here. And I was completely gripped, as stated, in the very first um, area. And I, I do have it highlighted and sort of dog-eared here, as we'd say. You know, when, when in the Gospel of John, when the man who was sick, you know, asked, you know, Jesus, Jesus asked him, do you want to be well? And he says the words, I can't, sir. And, and man... I had to stop there in my tracks because it's there's excuses that people have, but those excuses many times are multifactorial. Um, when you wrote this and you, you wrote these words, tell me where you were coming from with that. Cause that's a pretty powerful statement. Of course I want to get well would be the right answer, but Absolutely. Why, why did he say that? I can't sir. Well, first of all, it's pretty interesting to me. One of my sons had some chronic fatigue, and he, was, he wasn't doing a lot of the disciplines 
and he just felt like he said, I felt it was my cross to bear until he went to a functional med doc and realized he had too many carbs in his system and all these other things. And he said, I realized passive optimism wasn't going to get me anywhere. Think about that passive mm-hmm. optimism where just kind of try to keep your chin up and kind of smile, but don't do anything about it. Just hope it'll kind of self-correct somehow. That was my son. And, and he had to make some radical life choices. For me, I was contending. My doctors all said, nobody fights like you. You're disciplined, you're focused, you know? And so when God kept bringing me back to that passage in scripture, to be honest, Dr. Mark, it hurt my feelings because <laughs> I'm like, actually, I think I'm showing you. <laughs> I really, really want to get well. But the Lord kept bringing me back to it. And I'm like, well, if he's pointing me there, there must be something for me to see here. So I'm like, teach me, show me, Lord. And he was just quiet. But probably a week later, I was backstage getting ready to speak and having another inflammatory surge. And when they would happen, even my brain would go. Like I, I, I had so much pressure in my head. My arms are numb. And I got to get focused on what I'm about to say. And I'm like, not now, please not now. And as I'm ready to step out, the host pulls me backstage. She goes, oh, before you go out there, she says, make sure you tell them how much you struggled health-wise. Otherwise, they're just going to hate you when they get a look at you because you're such a cute little thing. And I stopped in my tracks, and I've heard that a thousand times. I would hate you if you didn't struggle with the health thing. And the Lord whispered to my heart, can you trust me with your reputation if I heal you? Will you trust me with people who may judge you? And it was a speed bump for me. So I've been fasting. I've been standing on scripture. I've been staying away from junk food. I've been doing all the, I mean, they always say I'm the doctor's dream pet child because I do what they tell me to. I was doing a lot of the right things, but I didn't know that embedded in my soul. That was an I can't for me because it was like scary to me. Probably two weeks later, I pray all the time for human trafficking victims. It's just a a passion. And I was interceding like crazy. God, bring your fist down on these traffickers and set these prisoners free. And and the phrase blessing guilt came across my heart. And I'm like, blessing guilt. And the Lord whispered, can you handle it? Knowing there's over 30 million slaves today, can you handle it if I heal you? And instantly I said, no. Now I know theologically in my head, what God does for one doesn't diminish his ability to do for another. But I did have blessing guilt. I just didn't know it have a name for it. But deep in my soul, I'm like, I have a home. I have food in my cupboard. And yes, I have some daily issues. But the discrepancy is so significant, I don't think I can deal with it. Mm-hmm. And so I knew in my head that what God does for one doesn't keep him from doing for another. But I had to sort that out. And I say all that to say, I think we all have some I can'ts embedded in our soul. And if you really, really do want to get well, I dare you to ask God, are there any hindrances to my healing, any core beliefs, any self-limiting beliefs, any excuses, because we're full of them. <laughs> and yeah. if we can let God speak to our heart, if we really, really want to get well, this is why I think, Dr. Mark, um, you know, God does miraculously heal people. And I mentioned in Fully Alive, my son had a miraculous medical miracle on his back. And I recently have experienced an incredible medical miracle. But I think a lot of people these days, I think their healing is going to come from process because we are, we treat symptoms in this society. We push buttons. We want things right now. And so much of our entitlement and our emotions are so wrapped up in our issues that God loves us too much. We don't have the infrastructure for healing. If he could zap us today, we'd be sick again tomorrow because we haven't addressed all the other issues that are kind of wound up and entangled. So I just think we're going to see a lot of incredible healings in the days to come. But I think God's very content to walk us through the process. At least I needed the process because I had a lot wrapped up in what was going on with me. Well, I think you're right because we don't really understand healing until we've been truly sick or truly broken. We can't understand this idea of God's love until we've 
experience the opposite and really understand it. So, you know, you're saying something that is resonant, certainly in all of our listeners' ears and certainly in my ears as well as an encouraging place, because we have to deal with these inner wounds, these inner traumas, these inner pains, these inner fears. Otherwise, we will always be inhibited from God's best, and God's best is healing in its very self. And um, it's interesting how that, you know, you 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 talk about all the traumas and all this stuff and where you came from and where you are. Now, how do you at this moment in time, Susie Lark- Larson, handle, you know, being where you are with all that you've had the opportunity to see God do in your life? That must be an immense amount of responsibility and just stuff that you carry with you. What's that like? That's a, no one's ever asked me that question or said it that way, but you, I'm aware of that responsibility every single day. And the truth of the matter is I still daily have a few neurological issues. I have things I have to deal with, and I have a very strict boundary around my life. And if I deviate, um, I feel it. So I, you know, I am somebody who has to just, you know, everybody else can maybe eat that. I just can't, you know, everybody else can stay up late. I got to go to bed and it's just the way it is, but I'm so aware of the call of God in my life that it requires that from me. And I, it's where I want to be. So, I mean, every single day I slip out onto my knees and I tell the Lord, I'm second, you are first to me, your kingdom come and your will be done. And then I get up and I give him my best offering and trust that he'll make something of it. But I think battling as much as I have, um, um, I'm just so aware. I am I'm truly am a, a vessel. The, the greatness and the power is Christ in us, our hope of glory. And um, if he were to look away, I would crumble into a heap. So I'm so grateful, so dependent on him, and just so aware of my need for him. Um, but I, my, my passion really, Dr. Mark, in the kingdom, because I sometimes hear people talk about, get off all this soul stuff and just start preaching the gospel. But I'm like, you know, this is part of the gospel. Jesus addressed the human condition everywhere he went. And Isaiah 61 says he came to bind up the brokenhearted, right? To give sight to the blinds, to set the captive free, to proclaim the year of liberty and the Lord's favor. I am convinced to my soul Jesus cares about the human condition. He didn't save us to slave us. He didn't just save us and go, now run back out there. I really don't care the state of your heart. You know, this is why as a uh, radio host, I get books all the time on some of these up and coming leaders. And then when they hit their mid thirties, early forties, they hit burnout. Then I get their book on burnout and on the importance of rest <laughs> and the importance of diet and reflection. And um, having been around the block a few times, you see that. And I just know enough to having walked with God that he cares about still waters. He cares about your rest. He designed the body to heal when you sleep. And he's not under any obligation to make us healthy if we're trashing our health. And I just think you you have a, we all have a call of God in our life and you're not going to, if you're not feeling well, you're not going to steward well. So I am really passionate about helping people get well, helping to bind up some of those wounds as someone who's walked this path, you know? Well, I think it's beautiful. And in your book, Fully Alive, um, I highly, highly encourage everyone listening um, to get this because it, I'm about halfway through at the time of this recording. By the time you get it, I'll probably be all the way through. The bottom line is, we need to fill our minds, fill our hearts with with words of God from people who are ordained and called and had the anointing to communicate from a place of pain and a place of experience. Susie, how do people get a hold of this book and how do they get a hold of you in regard to how you can bless them? Because I was looking through your bio. It's incredible. Tell us about that. 
Thank you for asking. Well, I um, if you want to find me on social media, I post blessings every morning and every evening on Facebook and Instagram. Um, if you want to catch my radio show, you can go to myfaithradio.com. My show is called Susie Larson Live, but I have all kinds of amazing guests, and it's all deeper life topics. If you want to get a look at my books, you can either search my name on Amazon, and they'll all come up. You'll probably get your best book deal on Amazon. They, we can't beat their prices, or my website, susielarson.com. I so appreciate that, Susie. And, and gosh, just you, you've really blessed my heart today. I, you know, I've really scoured through all your background. I was so looking forward to talking with you and you have set the bar higher than expected, my, my new friend. Um, so, you know, kind of in to wrap it up, I mean, the time comes and goes so quick when you have these times of mutual edification um, what words of encouragement would you say to, to that person out there that's in the place where you are? Thank you for asking because God gave me a prophetic word in the worst place. Of, and this, this, I had to get over some disappointment and hurt that God would let me go through this again before I started to see what he was up to again. I, I just couldn't believe it. And, um, but he brought, gave me this prophetic word, and I think it's for somebody listening today. If it's okay if I read it? Yes, absolutely. Listen to what I have to say, dear one. I'm about to breathe fresh life into your soul, and there'll be no missing it. You've waited a long time for your breakthrough, and that moment is almost upon you. I will send messengers one after another to confirm my word to you. Don't be afraid. Only believe. Dare to take the risks I've put before you. Trust me with every step. You don't have to keep yourself. I am your keeper. It brings my heart great joy to unleash you into this next season of your calling. I will silence your accusers and bless those who've been kind to you. Your test was also their test. Take time to reflect on my goodness. I am forever for you. The battle on the earth is about to amp up. You need to keep, on your, keep your armor on at all times. Do not take things personally. Stay fierce in battle and focused on the mission I've set before you. Quit wondering if I have a plan and start preparing for it instead. Wait with expectancy for I will surely come for you. I love you, my child. Wow. Friends listening, I want you to listen to this over and over again. Get a pen out. Write that down. Put it where you can read it because, Susie, that is profound straight from God. We are in some deep, struggling times. I don't see that changing. It's a time for us to step up and be bright stars in a darkened universe. So I really want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for being here. And I, I'm just very honored to, to know you. So thank you again for being here. And Dr. Mark, I look forward to having you and Dr. Michelle on my show. We'll have you on the other side of the mic. So thanks for having me today. Absolutely. And uh, well, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. We're so grateful that you would be here with us on this podcast. Very, very special one. And if the one thing that I could ask you to do is always subscribe. You can find out what's coming up next on the next episode, etc. Um, help us uncover things, this missing link to healthcare, because we need to be more healthy physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Until next time, we'll see you from The Missing Link.